John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwest Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. of God in this year. If you know you have received the goodness of God in this year, I want you to lift up your hands and wave your hands to Jesus. And that goodness will continue to remain with you in Jesus' name. We, the anointed voices, are here to minister a song that is tied to your goodness. And as you listen, may you be blessed in Jesus' name. Worship. 
goodness does good on us. And we wear, and we wear your glory. Somebody say, and we wear your glory. Oh, say, your goodness does good on us. Yeah, yeah. And we wear your glory. Yes, Lord, Halabaye Karadoja, and we wear your glory. Oh, let's lift it high and say, Your goodness looks good on us. Hey. And we wear. Lift your voice high and say, And we wear your glory. One more time, say, Dear oh goodness, looks good on earth. Hey. And we wear. Oh, we put it on like a garment to wear your glory. Somebody lift up your hands and say, you are good and your mercy is forever. You are good and your mercy is forever. Say, you are good and your mercy is forever. Oh, you are good. You are good and your mercy is forever. Now say, you are good. You are good and your mercy. Our Lord is good and His mercy. One more time, you are good. And Your mercy is forever. You are good. Oh, Your goodness looks good. Your goodness looks good on us. And we wear your glory. Oh, your goodness looks good on us. Hey, your goodness looks good on us. And we wear your glory. Somebody left behind us, and we wear your glory. Oh, and we wear your glory. Hey, and we wear your glory. We put it on like a garment. We wear the glory of the Lord. And somebody, can you see the glory? And we see your glory. Yes, we see. We behold your glory. Oh yes, Lord, I behold your glory. I behold your glory. and I see your glory. Hey, and we see your glory. Somebody lift up your voice, and we see your glory. Oh, one more time. And 
And we show your glory. Yeah. And we show your glory. Everywhere I go. And I show your glory. Yeah. And I radiate your glory. And I feel your glory. And we wear your glory. Somebody say, and we wear your glory. Your goodness lose good on earth. Your goodness lose good on earth. And we wear. somebody. Father, we thank you for your blessings and your goodness. We thank you because you are a faithful God. Oh, what a privilege to be in your house at the beginning of another new week. It's good to start our week in your house. Now, Lord, as we put you first today, let the rain of your blessing fall upon us afresh. Let the sun of righteousness shine upon everyone meeting us at the very point of our needs. We thank you for the great and the marvelous things you are doing in our lives and what you are going to do again this morning. We return all the glory back to you. In Jesus' precious name I have prayed. Now, at least tell your neighbor, expect something good this morning. Oh, say it about three people. Say, expect something good this morning. All right, you may please be seated as kings and queens in the house of the Lord. Glory be to God. I want to welcome you all to church this morning. And it's going to be another glorious time in his presence. Expect something good this morning. Tell your neighbor, I'm expecting something good this morning. Now, before we go into the subject of today, I would like to just make one or two announcements. It was 30 days on Saturday for the God of Wonder celebration service. Uh, 30 days of the turnaround power of praise. We, we, we were dancing every morning for 30 days. And some of you missed those wonderful dancing steps. You need to go and check it again on YouTube. I we were having different dancing steps. You know, that was the opportunity for some of us to have improved in our dancing steps. Ah! And so when we are, especially when we are doing some rolling, some people improvise on the rolling. But it was a great time. Amen. It's always good to start your day with God. Hallelujah. So now we, we are resuming again to rise to glory. And um, for those of you who love to join on offline, so rise to glory will still be taking place here, 6 to 7 a.m. So those of you who don't have credit on your phone, you don't like to use your data, just come to church 6 o'clock. I will be here. 
I'll be leading rise to glory every morning from church, just as we used, we've, we've done for the 30 days. The only difference is that we're not going to be broadcasting on YouTube. We'll not be showing it on YouTube. We will just be broadcasting on Zoom. So it's only the Zoom that will be enabled and not the YouTube. So you can still join on Zoom. Always begin your day with the Lord. Amen, somebody. All right. Now, for those of you who don't know, one of the things we do in church is to run different operations. Operations that we call, what we call operations in church are different types of um, outreaches, uh, which we are, are codenamed by different operational names because we have different aims and different targets for every outreach. The last one we did was power and glory. And you know, during the month of power and glory, we saw tremendous results. Uh, by the way, we took delivery of our new uh, 4K digital camera. We are going to start seeing them next week uh, during the month of power and glory. If you check the camera we are using now, the second one we are deploying is so, just something like what we are using now. It took us about 10 years to be able to get one, but on that one year, God blessed us with additional one. That's how God would be collapsing time for you in the name of Jesus. All right, and a lot of things are going to change also. Now, also during the week, we started the media training. Um, and I would like to say this about the media training. The people, the consultant we brought is a consultant for, for MITV TV station. He's a veteran uh, media consultant. And like I said last Sunday, you see, in an organized family, you know, I told you about three types of family. How many of you remember the three types of family that there are? What are the three types of family that you can have? Organized family, disorganized family, a dysfunctional family. In our church, we are striving to become more of an organized family. So we know where we are going. Our, our vision is to seek to save and establish the laws in the kingdom of God. Our mission as a church is to, uh, is to plant a church in every continent and regions of the world. So we know the kind of church we ought to be. When we say we're a mega church, we are not just saying it by art. We, are, we have it on paper. We know where we are going to be. And we know that in an organized family, we have to be intentional about a lot of things. Now, uh, one of the young men we are working with currently in church, I told him some years ago, I said, if you move in this way, you can be. So I was assessing his educational performance this term that has finished, and I was so proud of him. So I told him the next thing. I said, now, in this term, this is what you are going to do. You are going to write jam, you are going to write this. Because when you write it, then you are, we are going to send you to this school to study medicine. So the aim, you, your aim is that you are going to become doctor, so, 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 and so. And you know, don't be surprised. And I meant what I'm saying, because it's a plan. I told you that we have to, even in our church, we have to have an educational plan for a lot of our young people. Because we know that we will not just have lawyers by heart. We will not have doctors by heart. We have to be intentional about it. We have to sit down and have a plan. We have to have an organized system that can generate lawyers, that can generate pharmacists, that can generate um, medical students from our midst, um, doctors from our midst. So we will not just pray. We will not just fast. We have to have a plan. And we are working on that five-year plan already. By, by next year, we'll have the first set of graduates by the grace of God. Some of them are accountants. Some of them are going to be in different, we have different fields already, IT. You know, it, it's a plan we have in the church. 
We have to be deliberate about our success. Amen. Now, so the media consultants we bought, we, were, we are paying them in the five figures, thousands of naira, to be able to bring that team to church. This week, I saw them teaching people on the, how to be an effective broadcaster. Now, we are not saying that do that training because we want you to start broadcasting for the church. As a church, we know that if you prosper, that is when the church can prosper. Because the church is not the building. The church is made up of people from different walks of life and field. So, those of you who are in that class, we are not saying join the class, work on your diction, know how to present yourself, present a program, but I know that the next time you are going for an interview, by the time you sit down in front of the, uh, the panel that are interviewing you, you put in the skill that you have learned from this out of, out of broadcast, you are able to look, do eye contact, you are able to work on your diction, you are able to work on your body language, you are not just sitting down there because you have fasted and prayed, you have anointed yourself, but you are deliberate about how you are talking to them in that panel, how you are, how, how you are your charisma, how you carry yourself, you know, you stand a better chance of getting that job, so what we are saying is this, take advantage of this training, not because you want to do it in church, but it will help you in the various field you are in. Right now, they are still doing the broadcasting, uh, how to do uh, media uh, presentation, how to be a broadcaster, whatever. Take advantage of it. Be part of it. All right, learn it. It may even be your diction, the diction part that is going to help you. Now, you have a YouTube channel. Do you know how much people are making on YouTube? Education is, is beyond just this white-collar job that they are trying to tell us. There are a lot of billionaires today who are, who are making money on YouTube, just setting up a YouTube channel and knowing how to do advert and this. As Christians, we cannot just be praying, 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 and not put the correspondent action to what we are praying about. So I'm encouraging you. You, you, you are a businesswoman, you are a fashion designer. You, you, how many people will come from Lekki to pass on your streets? to come and sow from you. They may never happen. That may never happen. But now you are taking advantage of Instagram, taking advantage of, of Facebook, taking advantage of YouTube. The same YouTube you are, you are using to just show yourself and laugh now can generate money from you. Can generate money for that your shoe business, for that your clothes business, for that your hair business. Now, there are people, a lot of people who are doing the same thing on YouTube or Facebook. What will make your own stand out? Exposure like this will help you. Exposure like this will help you. I realize that Christian, we pray a lot, but we don't put the corresponding works into our prayer. So even if it is just to, by the time you learn the Photoshop skill, you can edit your picture, you can you can fine tune that image, post it on your Instagram page. You yourself, you are presenting your product on your Instagram handle. You got it from church. So the, what we are doing is to let you know that the offering and the tithe. And the giving in church is not just for instruments. It's not just to buy instruments and the aesthetics of the church. It's also to add value back to the people. That is why we are spending this huge amount. If I announce to you what it's costing us, some of you would think it's a waste of money. But it's not a waste of money. I'm happy to see all the people who have participated during this week. But I'm saying that we have thrown it open 
so that the people in church can participate. So today, the, the training will be starting by 12.30. 12.30, because we deliberately put that training for Sunday so that those of you who are working, the working class people can also benefit from the training. So don't miss out for this media enhancement training we are doing. So 12.30 today, that training will be taking place. All right? Take advantage of it. Okay? Hallelujah. Oh, you can clap for Jesus if you want. The next announcement I would quickly like to make is our welfare Sunday that we've said before. You know, last Sunday when I said that we have shifted the welfare Sunday um, um, to welfare Saturday to this coming Saturday, I didn't just have a conviction about what, how we are going to do it. So I had to wait upon the Lord for it. Then I got the idea. You know, when we say welfare, one of the things that happen is that people believe that the extremely poor people are the only people that can partake or benefit from such a program. So we come on that Sunday, maybe you see a cloth you want there, and you see this, but because you feel that if I take this cloth, they will think I am in need or something. So we have to, we want it to benefit everybody in church as much as we can. So we have redevised uh, the strategy to, call, to change the name from Welfare Sunday Take note, Lady P, to Giving Saturday, Giving Weekend, or Giving Fair. Now, the, actually, the name is Giving Fair. Just like you have Trade Fair, we now have Giving Fair. Now, what is Giving Fair? You know, as I began to take um, statistics of so many people in church, one of the things you see me asking people after service is, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And this person say, oh, I, 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 am, I am into, I, I have this electronic store, I have this, this, I'm a dry cleaner, I, I'm this and that. But you see, there's so much disconnection in our system. Mr. A don't know what Mr. B is doing. And he carries the money that could have benefited Mr. B to somewhere else to patronize. And um, Mr. B, on the other hand, remains there as a church member complaining that no, nobody's patronizing him. Now, so like I said, as a church, we have to be intentional about linking people together in church connecting people so that we can benefit from one another in a godly way and you see I expect people in church to be the most honest person I queried somebody recently because you know when, when the federal government started a program the other time and we have to a lot of our people want that grant in this church at least even though over people it was in the 36 states of Nigeria but a lot of the people in church actually also partook of that grant. I, I know somebody that I, I built two houses today as a result of getting the grant from the, the same Buhairai government. All right. And some, some people have started their business in this church today who had no business before. Because when we heard of that grant, we had to be intentional about, we saw the requirements of the government for that grant. And we, we brought a professional in to train our people on how to partake of it. And I'm glad that in Nigeria, we too, our church members partook of that grant. And they are doing well. Because when the people are doing well in church, that is when the church can do well. Do you understand what I'm saying? A poor people will not produce a prosperous church. Now, but one of the things is that when I'm, I'm about to say what I'm about to say is because of this. But I query one of the people because when we, when, when we began to help people register their business in church, one of the things was that we, we set up computer facility, printers and everything. Okay, get people to help them register their CAC. And it's not with the, we don't do things in church because we want to make money from people. 
We do it in church because we want people to benefit from it. So recently, one of our sisters said, oh, I patronize this person um, that I introduced to them in church and the person um, um, was going to register my business and charge me 20,000 naira." And I said, no, that's not what we are doing in this church. I know that to register your business name on CSE is 10,000 naira." So I had to query that member. You don't do that in this church. We will not, we will not tolerate that. We don't, because by the time fellow Christians cannot trust themselves, there is nothing hidden that will not be uncovered. Maybe that person then carried that business certificate somewhere and said, oh, in my church, they give out discounted rates. And the person said, how much is the discount rate? 20,000 naira to register. I said, what? 20,000 naira. No, 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 no. Even outside, they do it for 15,000 naira. How do you think that member will feel? Now, of course, that person walked away from church because of the, not just because of that, because of other factors. But you see, if you're in a church that you cannot be corrected, you're in a bad church. You are in a bad church. And a church that only massage your ego and does not put you on the right track, they, just, they are just looking for your money. Believe you me, they are sending you to hell. Because they, they know that if they offend you, you may not give again. But in a church that you are, you know, when you do something wrong, they can put you right, put you right. It's not by walking away. But take the correction because the word of God is profitable for direction and for rebuke. Amen. Even I as your pastor, I see our spiritual fathers who correct me. Being a pastor does not mean I don't make mistakes. You see the way I'm talking right now. One of our members watch the, who, who joins online. One of our sisters joins online. And she realized that when the service is being broadcasted online, there are so much noise. The noise is so much. And she told the other, said, when I'm hearing pastor online, his voice looks croaky. You know, he's not sounding very well. So I had to go and investigate. And of the truth, I investigated. And I realized, of the truth, my voice online is not the same way I'm hearing my voice. So we brought in professionals. And they realized, okay, some of our equipment, we, are, we need to improve on some of the things. So because of that, then I realized that by the time I'm shouting, already there is noise in the system, in the engine. Then my own shout... Plus, the one of the engine comes together, gives a different feedback online. I would not have known that. So now I'm forced to talk very small. Spending the time, the new equipment will arrive and um, we'll fine tune the voice. Because I know that if I shout, I want the online audience. But thanks to that member who gave a constructive feedback. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's a way to go about such things. So I don't know what I said before I got into that. I'm saying a lot of things, but I'm talking about. What I'm about to say now. So now, the giving weekend, we've re-strategized. And this is what we are going to do. Now, there are a lot of professionals in church. There are a lot of businessmen in church. That particular Saturday, we want our business people to be able to have a stand. It may be here or at the new site. By the time we see the registration from today, all right, then we will know where we are going to hold it. If it's too much for this place, then we'll do it outside. We'll do it at our new church site because that place is bigger. Now, so the business people in church will have a stand on that day to display their product. So take, um, for instance, the brother who does dry cleaning in church. On that given weekend, you will patronize, you will see that, oh, brother, uh, brother Paul is into dry cleaning. And they're saying that if you come on giving weekend, normally I do my dry cleaning for 500 naira, but on that day I will do it for 250 naira for you. All right, so it will encourage you to patronize him. Or, brother XYZ is selling shoe. He displays his shoe on giving weekend and said, "This shoe, if you go outside, is five thousand naira. But because it's giving weekend, we are selling it for three thousand naira." 
or somebody sells soap, alright, I make my soap at home, and I said on giving weekend, this soap is supposed to be 100 naira, but now it's going to be for 15 naira. Now, as a church, we've mandated all our chapel on that day too. Instead of just giving out a lot of the things for free, which will create unnecessary chaos, what we are saying is that all the food materials and whatever people are giving us, we are going to place a token on it. So, for instance, on giving weekend, maybe they sell a dirica of rice outside for 500 naira. On giving weekend, you will be able to buy it in store for 250 naira. Maybe they sell a paint of gary, I don't know how much they sell it for 1,000 naira. On giving weekend, you will be able to buy that same food stuff in church at a discounted rate, maybe for 500 naira. So that way, everybody can come and buy, and the money we then generate can take care of other less privileges in the system. So you see a shirt you like. Maybe we realize that the shirt is 2,000 naira out there. We can say, no, this shirt, we are selling it for 400 naira. So you can, it will encourage you to be able to look at the shirt and buy the shirt and take advantage of the shirt. What would I say to make you clap for and smile? I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> because I've said a lot, and you're still looking at me. <laughs> is it that you thought that your laughter is part of what you have to give? We are not charging you for it, it's free of charge. Amen. Is it a good idea what I've said? So, this is what we are going to be doing at the sec- on the 2nd of October. So, we, so the registration will start. Um, the, please register with your various chapel leaders. Whatever you do, when you go to your fellowship today, tell them, I'm, I'm going to, I want to advertise this product on, give, uh, on giving weekend. So then we will tell you, we will be, because we are creating a stand where everybody will be able to sell and showcase their product. Because if we all recommend and patronize one another, the people in the church will be more blessed. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is our care group. Now, you've come to church this morning. I know that quite a number of us still don't go to for the care group, what we call the home fellowship or the house fellowship or the home group. But I want to say something to you. Now, the church as we are seated this morning is like going to a marketplace. You go to a marketplace to get different needs. But you realize that you are not contented. No matter what you get at the marketplace, you take whatever you have bought or purchased, you take it back to your house, your own to consume it, to enjoy it, to fellowship with your family with it. Because the home is the place you enjoy the purchase, the benefit of what you have gotten from the market. That is what you stand to get in the church. Our house fellowship, our care group, our cell group, our small group, our own group, whichever name you want to call it, we call it care group, is the home in the church. The, where you are now is like the marketplace of the church. Everybody is here. But at the end of the day, you need to go back home to sit down with your family and talk about what you've gotten from the market. Talk about how your day was. Enjoy what you have gotten. Cook what you have gotten. Eat together what you have gotten. That is what we do at the care group. That is what we do at the care group. We know that the marketplace is not a place of fellowship. Nobody goes to the market to sleep there. It is an anomaly. Nobody goes to the market to just go and, and, and do a lot. You go to the market to just get what you need to get. But you go back home to fellowship, to raise family, to enjoy. If you don't belong to a care group in church, you are just enjoying the market life in church. You have no home life. You have no home life. 
You deserve to have a home, even in the church. You deserve a home within a church. The care group is where the home takes place. It's where you are nurtured. It's where we fellowship together. Then at the Royal Businessmen's Fellowship, about three weeks ago, you know, one of the things we do is um, the ice-breaking moment where we welcome one another and we tell, what, tell us your name, what you do. Tell us your name, what you do. And one of the people said, I'm a caterer. And I can make shawarma, I can make this, I can make that. Then right there, somebody said, wow, this hotel, I've been looking for somebody like you. You know what, we need to link up on Monday to go back there. And when the person could not get the man on Monday, he called me. and said, Pastor, please, can you quickly help me get this brother? Because I'm with the MD of this hotel. So I have to get somebody else to go to the house of that our brother to get into that hotel to get the job. But that person will have come to church not knowing that there's another person in church who knows a hotel that is looking for his service, but he only came to the marketplace to receive the word of God, and he went back home, and his life is not changed. Are you with me? So that is so, and so you can see that one form of business unemployment was solved by just introducing ourselves. We've not even done anything, just introducing ourselves. I know of a furniture person there, and meanwhile, we'll be looking for a furniture person in the place. So please, I want to beg you by the message of God. You deserve to have a home in the church. Don't do life alone. Together is better. I said, don't do life alone. Together is what? Tell your neighbor, don't do life alone. Don't walk alone. Oh, are you afraid to even talk to your neighbor right now? I said, talk to your neighbor, you are looking at me. I didn't say, look at your pastor and say it. I said, look at your neighbor and say, my neighbor, I'm looking at your face. I'm not afraid to look at your face. Don't walk alone. Somebody said, I'm afraid to look at your face. Who is that? Why are you afraid to look at the person's face? Look at the person in the name of Jesus. I said, don't walk alone. Together is better. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, final announcement. This month of August is our month of Operation Andrew. What do I call it? Operation Andrew. What is Operation Andrew? Operation Andrew is the operation we are targeting to win and disciples two souls. Every member, we are encouraging you, go out there, win and disciple at least two souls. Why is Operation Andrew important for us? In the book of John chapter 1, I would like you to open your Bible to John chapter 1, verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible says, again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, verse 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the lamp of God. Verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak. Heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. Now Jesus was passing by. They saw him but they didn't follow him. Until John the Baptist spoke about Jesus, those two disciples did not follow. There are people you left in your house today. There are people you said happy weekend to at your place of work. We will see you again on Monday. There are people you met on the street, but they are not in church. They don't know Jesus. Do you know why they are not following Jesus? Because you did not speak about Jesus to them. They know that you are a Christian. They can see that you started going to church. They can see that something is changing. But until you are deliberate about talking about Jesus, you talk to them about Jesus, you speak to them about Jesus, 
they may never follow Jesus. So Operation Andrew is the operation for you to be deliberate. At your place of work, you can start a fellowship there. You can talk to customers about Jesus. You can talk to your neighbor about Jesus. You can talk to your boss about Jesus. And as you pray for that opportunity, you will see that they will start following Jesus because you made him known to them. Those two disciples would not have followed Jesus. Had John the Baptist not made him known by talking about him. Now the next thing you will observe, all right, is that they began to follow Jesus. Then verse 40 says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed, he heard John speak and followed Jesus, was Andrew Simon's Peter's brother. Verse 41 says, he findeth his own brother and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Now it's not enough for you to talk to people about Jesus. You have to also stretch forth your hand like Andrew and say, I'm bringing you all the way. To who? To Jesus. I'm bringing you to Jesus. Do you know that some people will have followed you to church this morning? If you have actually stretched forth your hand to say, follow me. I have my friend in church this morning. His name is Brother Lucky. Alright? Uh, when I finish first service sometimes, you see me rush down the street. I'm going to bring my friend to Jesus. Alright? But Lucky is in church this morning because I was deliberate in bringing him to church. He will not have asked me in church, but Lucky is a wonderful person. But I was, I had to be deliberate. Seven o'clock, I was somewhere before the first service. After first service, I had to rush out again in between that few minutes to go and bring another person. Because, you see, without you holding the hand of a Peter, Peter himself may never come to Jesus. In this operation, Andrew, you have to go out and hold the hand of your own Peter and say, follow me to Jesus. Follow me to Jesus. I have my neighbors coming from all the way from my house at Maryland to church. I was deliberate in holding their hand to come to church. There are a lot of wonderful people out there at your place of work who are only waiting for your invitation. They are waiting for you to say, follow me. And that is the thing they have been waiting for. Do them well by saying to them, follow me. Will you hold somebody's hand this month? I said, will you hold somebody's hand this month? The final thing you will see um, is in verse 43. The day following, Jesus will go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. So there's a Philip out there. Even the Lord Jesus had to go out to locate Philip before Philip followed Jesus. If Jesus could go out to preach, who are you that you don't want to preach? That's why people are surprised when they see me on the street. Somebody saw me at, on one of the streets one of the morning preaching with my, with my speaker. I said, Pastor, why are you preaching this early morning? I said, what's wrong? He said, can't you tell one of the leaders to preach? I said, why? It's like when you are a pastor, you are the big shot in the church. You are only supposed to be preaching from the podium. You see, all those street preaching is for those who don't have work. If I, somebody looked at me that morning, I said, I don't know how to do that. But they, don't have, they don't have work. And I looked at the person that said, I don't have work. Ah. And I said, at least by the grace of God, I know how much I pay in month, close to six figures in salaries to people. I can pay your salary for one year and I don't feel it. But you see, people think that when we stand on the streets to talk about Jesus, it's because we are jobless. And we think that Jesus will give us a job by doing that. We don't do that because we are jobless. 
but we actually do that because we love him. We express, we know that he brought us to that point and having a job will not stop us from doing it. Prove to the world that blessed people are the ones that do the work of God. We don't do God's work because we are useless. We do it because he actually made us useful. And we, for, we refuse to forget that we are where we are because of Jesus. Hallelujah! Jesus demonstrated it by going out to look for his soul. The King of kings and the Lord of lords went out. Then why don't you want to go out? So your Philip is waiting for your voice. In this operation, Andrew, you go out. Share the track. Saturday morning, Monday, everywhere. Let them laugh at you. They are not the one that made you. You are only honoring the one who made you. Amen. And you see what happened? When Philip came to Jesus, the next thing that we heard was that Philip, verse 45, said, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophet did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, whom is no God. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Do you know the lesson there? Jesus called Philip. But the anointing of Jesus could not call Nathanael. He could only see Nathanael, but he could not reach him. Because why? Every one of us, we are a peculiar calling. There are things that you can do that I cannot do. There are people that will only listen to your voice. They will not listen to my voice. Even the Lord Jesus saw Philip, saw Nathaniel, but he needed Philip to go get the job done. So he went for Philip. Philip went for Nathaniel. That is why not oh, pastor you know, can't do the job. We together we work as a team to do the work of the Lord. There are Nathaniel that Jesus is seeing this morning. They are in their house. Some of them are having anger from the club. Some of them are in different places. You are the Philip. You are the Philip that they are waiting for. Your voice will make the difference in their life. And this week, oh, I see you going out there to bring your Nathaniel to Jesus. I see you going back out there in your house, in your business point on the street. You will locate that Nathaniel and you'll bring them to Jesus. Say with me, I will bring my Nathaniel to Jesus. So in this operation, Andrew, it is time we all serve God. What is the strategy to achieve your goal? It's called PPM. Number one, you pray. You cannot win souls. Nobody comes to God except God draws it. You pray. Pray that, Lord, let me get my two souls. For the first time in my life, or for the, for the normal period, oh, Lord, bless me with two souls. The next thing is your plan. How do you intend to evangelize? How do you intend to go out there? Is it Saturday? Is it morning? Is it that you share track? You have a plan. The next one is you move. You move by faith. So it's called PPM. Pray, plan, and move. What do you stand to gain if you participate? Well, in this operation, Andrew, it is the reward of Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be what? Added unto you. Now lift up your hand and pray. Say, Father, help me. In this operation, Andrew, let me not be left out of your blessing. Pray for the grace to do it. Just pray, say, Lord, I am willing. Now I'm asking for your help. 
in this operation. Andrew, Lord, help me. My target of two souls within two months. Within two months. It's a two-month operation. Lord, let me take delivery of it. My two souls in two months, help me to take delivery of it. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, Lord, I pray that between now and 2nd of October, in this two-month, eight-weeks operation, everyone here today, we have testimony of winning and establishing two souls in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let them have the testimony that when I started, I didn't have a job. When I started, I had this challenge. But as I participated, God added every other thing to me. May this be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout amen. Put your hand together for Jesus. Wow. Is that Jumokes, Dad? Wow. You are welcome, sir. God bless you. That's my wonderful friend. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Now, this morning, very quickly, I will be sharing on, continuing on, Living for His Glory, part two, on the subtitle, The Principle of Kingdom Prosperity. Kingdom, principle of Kingdom Prosperity. By the way, if you want to absorb some of the teaching, we, we've changed our Tuesday teaching service to step up service. And what do we call step up service? So on Tuesday, I don't preach from this point. I have another pulpit there that I preach from. Tuesday service is a teaching service. It's called interactive teaching service. Because I know that as I preach, you may not understand some of the things I'm teaching. So it's also just like you have at a fellowship level. But now we are coming together to dissect a particular subject. So Tuesday service is a set. That's why we call it step up. There are teaching on different topics that we are nurturing and feeding people with to grow. So don't miss this coming Tuesday step up service. We call it step up because you are stepping up to IRM in Christ. Hallelujah. Third John chapter two. Third John chapter two. Third John chapter two. It says, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth." Now, when it comes to kingdom prosperity, there is nothing that has rocked the body of Christ sometimes like financial teachings. It has been abused. Some have even turned the church to a business center from January to December. All they talk about is money, yeah, money, there, money, there, money, there, money, there, money, there. Pastors today have been branded as tax collector, tax collector, money collector. You know, I remember we went for a crusade one place, and uh, for the three days we had that crusade, we didn't collect any offering. Now, when the PFN chairman of the place came to come and give a vote of thanks, he said, this is the first crusade we didn't see anybody sell handkerchief. You didn't sell handkerchief, you didn't sell anointing oil, you didn't raise offering, and we are so surprised that people, we, we can come and dish out the gospel for free. Because, you see, they said there was a big man of God that came there, he sold anointing oil, he sold paper, he sold everything was just for sale. You know, so now everything has, you know, it has been abused. But the other side of it is that Christians are not prospering. You then see somebody who says, I'm a child of God, but the person is not doing well financially. Neck deep in debt. Business is not moving well. Unemployment. The person is not even able to feed his or her family. Struggling from, barely able to eat. Struggling from hands to mouth. Things are not going the way it ought to. Now, it's not God's will for you to be a child of God and die as a pauper. So, as I'm going to teach this principle today, I want you to know that God's will for you is that you will prosper. Always take that there. But there is a principle 
with which God has designed for his children to prosper. Now, let me say this. A Christian who makes money his aim has misroad. A Christian who serves God with the aim of just having financial prosperity has missed the road. That is not how to prosper. You don't come to God because you want financial prosperity. When you make money your aim as a Christian, you end up on the other side. Whether you are a pastor or a church member, you end up on the other side. Now, let me say this. It's like somebody who says, I want to be very tall. So because this man wants to be very tall, or the parent wants their child to be tall because in their family they are always very short. So the parent now from infancy begins to feed this child with protein only. Because, and this child begins to take only protein, soya beans, beans, egg, only protein. Now, of the truth, the child can be growing tall. But after some time, the child will have a disease. I've forgotten the name of the disease that comes from excess protein. But there is a disease that comes from it. Now, even by the time this guy or this boy is, is tall, I'm sure his eye will be something else. He's tall but no stamina. Alright? It will be wobbling all around the place. Why? Because the parent just said, we want to break the... We are like chinko in our family. We don't, we don't get too tall. So we want our child to be tall. However, there's another family who says, I want my child to be tall. But this family feeds with protein, feeds with carbohydrate, feeds with fat and oil, eats fruit appropriately. And all these ones are there, what we call balanced diet. That child too will also grow. Do you agree with me? But between both of them, which one will appear more healthy? The one who eats gari, fufu, or the one who only eats protein? The one who eats balanced diet. Good. That is how it is when a Christian makes money his own soul aim. You may have the money, but your life will not be balanced. But in the kingdom of God, money is not our aim. Yes, I want to prosper. Yes, I want to have money. But money should not be your aim. This is how it works. In the kingdom of God, we aim for God, not for gold. When you aim for God, you have gold. When you, have, when you aim for gold, you lose God. This, do you understand what I mean? When you aim for God, you will have the gold. But when you aim for the gold, you will lose God. So the children of God whose aim is to prosper in life, do not go after money. They go after God. When you have God in all his fullness, you can never remain poor in your life. Because God is not a poor God. Are you with me, somebody? So that is why Third John then says, Below, I wish above all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, there are three dimensions of prosperity. How many dimensions? We have the prosperity of the spirit, mental prosperity, prosperity of the soul, and physical prosperity, prosperity of the flesh. Prosperity is beyond money. 
But I want to use the word prosperity with the aim of just talking about financial prosperity today. For a child of God who wants to be rich, who wants to be prosperous financially, his first goal is not to go for physical prosperity or mental prosperity. His first aim should be to go for spiritual prosperity. What is spiritual prosperity? Spiritual prosperity is when the life of Jesus is birthed in your spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish but have what? Everlasting life. That everlasting life is the God life. Is the Zoe life. Is the life of God that comes to regenerate your spirit. Because when man sinned, his spirit died. So when you become born again, the life of God is released into your spirit. Your spirit is liberated by the word of God. You come alive. In fact, John chapter 3 says, He that is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. He that is born of the spirit is spirit. To be born again means to be born of the spirit of God. The nature of God is in you. The life of God is in you. You see, this is where true prosperity begins. As you begin to exercise who you are in Christ Jesus, you begin to feed on the word of God. Do you know what the Bible says? In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, look at it, this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. Some of us know it already. But what does it say? But thou shalt what? Meditate therein when? Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. In other words, you are living by the word of God. You are allowing the word of God to affect your thinking, your action, your words. He said, then thou shalt make thy way what? Prosperous. And thou shalt have what? What shall you have? Good success. Why is it called good success? It's a good success because it's a success that is from the spirit of the man that is now reflecting in, his, in the physical realm. Psalm 1, what does it say? It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Then he went on to say, But his delight is what? In the law of his God. Now, what does this man do? He said, in his law, God, he meditates day and night. He wakes up in the morning. He's not chasing money. He chased God first. He carries his Bible. He studies his Bible. He goes on his knees. He prays. Then he asks, Lord, I've not won any souls this month. I've not, I've not won any souls. And he said, his delight is in the law of the law. And he need not even meditate day and night. They want to say, it shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water. It shall bring forth its fruit in its season. And whatsoever it doeth shall what? Whatsoever it doeth shall prosper. You see, what is making his business grow is not because of mental prosperity. You see, what you are seeing in the realm is as a result of his connection with God. Beloved, it is time you prosper in your spirits, man. 
I have seen people going to pray for money. Oh God, I pray for money. You see, as a Christian, it's not wrong to pray for money, but that's not how we get money. We get money by connecting ourselves to the source of money, which is God himself. You see, your child don't come to you because he's hungry. Your child calls you daddy because he knows who you are. And do you know, you daddy that child well. You buy food for the child. You even think that the child cannot ask for you provide because of relationship. There are other children who are hungry because they are not connected to you. They are not your own children. They don't get to enjoy the benefit of your own children. That is why the Bible says, for as many that believed on him, to them gave him power to become what? The sons of God. Even to them that believe on what? On his name. Amen. You know, this week we took delivery of our second camera. Amen? Oh, we took delivery of our second camera. Hallelujah. I remember when we were raising money for the first camera, I didn't know some of this truth. We prayed and prayed, prayed and prayed and prayed. Ten years, we were using phone to, to record. We had a Nikon camera. Our camera in church is a 4K camera. It's a Sony camera. So you can go and find out what a 4K camera is. I won't tell you the amount. But for over 10 years, we could not buy it. But I discovered the truth last year during the coronavirus. The truth I discovered was that a church will prosper not by praying for money, but by doing the things that please God. So we carried the first camera we had and we began to use it. Under coronavirus, we began to, we've had, one of our member stays at Ogba. We, we risked our life every morning to go all the way to Ogba, one of our sisters, and go and preach there. That's when we began to do operation. We, we, we were not the church that used to do operation, this operation, that. I'm telling you the secret of our prosperity now. We began to do different operation. As a pastor, I would wake up early morning and go. We just finished dancing for 30 days. If you go and check on YouTube, you will see different dancing stars. You know, when I'm dancing in the morning, oh, oh, I have to get Pastor Gabriel because LM Queen can punish anybody. And when, when, you want, when you want to dance, don't get LM Queen because she's too fast. But you know, she made me younger and I had to tell her that, who are you to be challenging me like that? I've been dancing before you were born. Who are you? What are you? But in the morning, you will see us, hey, we have different, the, the one I don't like, let me tell you now, there's a dancing step that can make you faint. She will come and say, hey, do like this, then you like this. Most of you, I'm just confessing, most of those times I nearly fainted, but I had to be, become a man. Because by the time you talk three times, you don't know whether you are seen left or right, but I don't want anybody to laugh at me, especially her. So I don't, so I have to maintain, I'm a big man. I'm a big man. <laughs> But you see something, children of God. Go and check our church two years ago and check where we are within a year ago. This thing works. I told the people, we will risk our life for God. Let's go all out. You hear, as we finish one operation, we'll start another. We'll finish one operation, we'll start another. And we just see the church change in our presence. Today we are now in church. We are we are setting up a, a, a studio now 
to start broadcasting our online church, right? Now, when you see our studio by the time we finish, and we are training the broadcasters in the studio, even when I saw some of the things we are doing now, I said, how come we're not able to do this? Because you get to the point that, you see, as you please God, he begins to add every other thing that you cannot pray for. You see, it's not by prayer, it's by pleasing. You see, Christianity is not by prayer. How many things can your children pray for? It's by pleasing God. Prosperity in the kingdom of God answers to pleasing God. It's not a product of prayer. You are taking your Bible for granted. You are going from one mountain or the other. Fasting that you will come out of debt. Fasting that God will pay, pay that visa for you. Fasting for financial prosperity. Stop moving from one mountain or the other. Sit down every morning. Take your Bible. Feed yourself. Meditate on the word. Carry your Bible. Go for evangelism. Come back. When God is happy with you, he makes things happen for you. Yeah. When he's happy with you, he makes things happen for you. There are things you cannot pray for that he will do for you. Beloved, let's get to the prosperity of the spirit. Now, the other prosperity, mental prosperity, this is where the boys are separated from the men. You see, in the world, they use mental prosperity to get physical prosperity. So, somebody in the world will go to school, get all the education, and begin to work or start a business and this guy is rich he has the money but the difference between this guy who has mental prosperity and no spiritual prosperity is that you will observe something about those who prosper by mental prosperity what you will observe about them is that the more rich they become the more proud they become the more rich they become the more they are distanced from God the more rich they become, the more they will open their mouth to say there is no God anywhere. The more rich they become, the more they will say that you know, man to, to man should be marrying. They look at the Western world today. They have all the money. But you know, I, there was a video on YouTube. A man was sleeping with a cow. And, and was speaking, hello, hey, you want video of me now? Come and mirror me. And I said, oh Lord, oh Lord. You know, it's called reprobate mindset. Because you see, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not that you cannot get money outside God, but mental prosperity distances you from God. That's the difference. Because the spirit is not prospering. So you see them that they have all the money, but they are so depressed. They have all the money, but they are committing suicide. They have all the money, but their marriage is not working. Because why? The God factor is missing in their wealth. This is not what God wants for your life. So a man who does not focus on his spiritual prosperity, who is only concerned about, give me money, give me money, give me success. Once he has the money, you see that he's far away from God. You want to snap me? Okay, snap me, snap me. Snap me, snap me. Snap me so that you can go and say that. Snap me. Okay, good. Thank you. Now go and sit down. Now, he has all this, but there is no God factor. So his car cannot make him happy. He has the car, but he's so unhappy. His children are into drugs. 
His family are upside down. He realized that the money becomes useless to him. What killed Diana? Go and check one of the BBC interview that Diana had with BBC that became a controversial BBC interview later. And hear what she said. She was not happy. She was just there. She, they, you know, they are famous but lonely. Michael Jackson, what killed him? You see, Michael Jackson at the point had all the money, but he began to even have bring children instead of a yard so that children can come and play around him because he was lonely. He died of loneliness. You look at the useless way they all died with all their money because you see, money cannot buy joy. Money cannot buy peace of mind. Don't go after money, go after God. You see, when the wealth is flowing from your spirit, it's a different ball game entirely. I met a wealthy man one day and I stretched my hand to shake him. And you know what? He felt that my hand was too... He, to give me his own hands were too much. Do you know what he gave me? He gave me a finger in return. So he said, you know, for my own five hands, he gave me his own one finger. And I looked at him. I just pitied him. Oh, I, I loved him. I loved him. Because you could see that he's an unhappy man. He's frustrated. His bodyguards cannot bring joy to him. The gun cannot chase away sadness from his life. He's living a frustrated life. Why? Because he has the money. But the one that can make money have value is God. Money without God becomes valueless. I'm telling you, money without God becomes valueless. Don't go after money. Go after God. You see, when you have that, when the prosperity of the soul is not there, you will see somebody who does not have a prosperity of the spirit. When that man gets a job, you will never see him in church again. Oh, you know, say, Pastor, you say, I've gone to work for money tonight. Now I'm so tired. Ah! You have seen a man who is only prospering in his soul, but not his spirit. He says, no, Sunday morning is the only time I have to rest. Now, when you see somebody that has prosperity of the soul and body and not of the spirit, he will never want to do anything in church. In fact, such people don't even give. Rich people don't give to God. You see them buy club. Get, most of the people that give in nature are not the richest people. I've come to realize that. It takes a man who is prosperous in the spirit to be a giver. John D. Rockefeller, the first billionaire in the world, dollar billionaire, was a Sunday school teacher in his church. He had the biggest oil corporation. At the point, America had to break it down and forcefully take over that oil corporation. Because it was too big. It was becoming bigger. One man was becoming bigger than America. Till John D. Rockefeller died. He never left his Sunday school. He was still a teacher in that Sunday school. A billionaire. Why? He was a man who had prosperity of the spirit. So money cannot control him. You see, money is a spirit. When people become rich, you see their attitude. You see, you don't know who a Christian is until you see money in his hand. You will see that money has a way of controlling people. And then they say, why are you talking to me like that? Do you know why, huh? Do you know why, huh? Pastor, you are preaching too much. We are going to another sense. I don't blame you. Because you see now, when you sit down by yourself, I'm wearing Fasasi. Maybe it's from Ibadan. Fasasi. Do you know this Fasasi? Yeah? I know you're wearing Fasasi. Thank God for your Fasasi. We are not wearing Fasasi. We are wearing sika fish. <laughs> but we are happy. Our own is sika fish. Our own is assassin. But we are happy. And they look at us. They don't understand why we are happy. 
Because money is not controlling our life. Hallelujah, somebody. You say when money sets in, when there is no money, they, they say, no, I, will, I don't go to the because I don't have offering. Why? Because you see, when if offering stops you from coming to church, you are getting it wrong. Because you see, the first thing God needs is not your money, it's your spirit. God looks at the heart, not at your couple. Hallelujah, somebody. When you prosper in your spirit, your hand will prosper. Why are most people not serving God today? You know, I thank God that I understood this principle before God ever blessed me. I suffered a lot in my life. I get get market there. I used to sell kuli kuli with the malam. I get get market there. I was there with the malam selling kuli kuli for a long time. The kuli kuli was imported from Ilori. I know those Ilori kuli kuli. By the time you eat it, even your party will do a witness for you. I'm tell, there are there are kuli kuli and there are kuli kuli. He said the kuli kuli will coolize your brain. By the time you are eating that one, and God help you, you have ijebugari with sugar with it. You see, it will be as if your five loaves, God is multiplying the gari because the kuli kuli will not let the gari finish. Because one kuli kuli that enters your mouth, you will be there. Are you not thinking the gari? No. <laughs> so I was selling kuli kuli. Understand? And from there, I will go back in the night and sell my moment by the road. It was a very tough time for me. I don't understand why God will not answer my prayer. But God was training my spirit man. Is it that was when I learned to fast? That was when I learned to see food and say I will not eat the food. I will still fast. I learned fasting. Even as a, from there too, I became a conductor. Oh, you think I can't do conductor work? Oh God. You know when people see us with suit today, they think that that's how we are. Uh, thank God he took away the spirit of conductor from my life but I can come down from any moving vehicle you know, see when you add the certificate of conductology uh, if you are a graduate of conductorism you see you will know how to position your leg you see you don't just jump down like this from no you, they, you see conductors they are certificate See, they are mathematicians. A good conductor must know the angle of elevation and depression. If not, his teeth will be the one to witness for it at the end of the day. I'm telling you, when you see a conductor who has a missing teeth, it's because he did not graduate from that school before he, he joined the work. He was looking for money. Because a good conductor knows when you want to come down motion, you tilt your body. I won't tell you so that you don't say I taught you something else. <laughs> Amen, somebody. But you know, I learned to study my Bible. That was when I learned to have my quiet time. Today, even as a pastor, over 10 years, I don't think I've never missed church more than five times in a 10 year. Even when I travel, you know, I was detained at one of the international airports, one, I think it was JFK or Dubai. I now got two. What happened? When I'm traveling, I calculate all my trip around the service in church. I don't allow my international trip to affect my service. Not because of the offering, because I recognize where I'm coming from. I know how it brought me to where I am. So this particular day, I had a business appointment. I think it was in Florida. So when I get to America with um, the Nigerian airline, then I will now take another flight to Florida. 
So I went straight. I did not even sleep. Six hours if I slept on my flight in, a, in, in, in all my sleep, whatever I do. I got there. I did the meeting with the company. I had to go and do meeting with. And then I was heading back. I think I left on Sunday. I was going to come back to Nigeria by Wednesday. A lot of times it has happened like that. People will not even have gone to America and come back. You just see that. that that's how God has done it. Now, by the time I got back to the airport, I was going to check in at the immigration. They looked at my passport and said, no, you just came in. They had to detain. They had to run background check. Why? Because they felt I must be a drug dealer. Because it's not normal. In all America, or whatever it's called, you have come in and within two days, you know, you, and you are going back. Something. So they felt maybe somebody else was using my passport. I don't know whatever it is, but for hours I was there. They checked everything. Checked cocaine, checked urine, checked everything. I was just laughing. Because they cannot believe that somebody will love God so much that you are ready to pay two times of your normal plane tickets just to be in, attend a midweek service. But do you know why that is? The, because I know who I was. He prospered my spirit before he prospered my hand. So no amount of money can separate me from his love. Because we don't worship money in this kingdom. We worship the provider of money. He's the almighty God himself. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So it's not that God has forgotten about you that you don't have a job. It's not that God has forgotten about you to see all your struggle. But God wants your spirit to prosper first. Get to the job of prospering your spirit. Get to the job of feeding on God's word. Of going for your outreach. Of praying every day. You will see how everything will turn out. Put your hand together for Jesus. So, if somebody asks you, what was that point that he just thought? It means, principle number one is, seek God first. Seek God first. That's the principle I just thought on now. All that I've said now, the first principle of financial prosperity in the kingdom is seek God first. Put him first in all your affairs. Not second. Not third. I remember when I went with, I met Reabonke in America. I called one of our brothers. Reabonke came to Nigeria to have a crusade. I said, Reabonke, and how can this white man come and spend all this money in Nigeria? I don't have money to give, but I have my strength to give. We drove from here to Okigwe. Okigwe. To go and be a volunteer for Reabonke. I don't know him one on one. I've never met him. We got to Okigwe. Reabonke's team looked at us and said, Where are you from? Said, We are from Lagos. What do you come to do here? We came to help. Said, It's not possible. They, they did not allow us to come in. Do you know where, how I got to Okigwe? I started asking for direction from Chagam. Because I don't even, I've never been to the east in my life. We were robbed. But we, our car was almost, if I, one of the robbers opened the car, was dragging the steering with me, but I still drove all the way there. So just go and, and do you know what I was doing? I was a cameraman at the end of the day at Reabonke's crusade. That was the first place I ever held camera in my life. With Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe was washing clothes. We were using wheelbarrow. I was a pastor in a church when I was carrying wheelbarrow for Reabonke's crusade. Carrying wheelbarrow. Washing the clothes of the people who are not even pastors. About some years later, here was I. Reabonke sent a message for me. Come to America. Come to America. Come to America. The day I stood with Reabonke in Florida, Sifan headquarters, I did not also go alone. I went, I saw two natives for Reabonke. When I saw those two natives, I carried dollars in offering. 
I didn't know he got the message. It was later now when I began to look at his picture in my office. I knew the man was a wise man. I went to the research and said, I brought this from Nigeria for Rehoboth. How did I know his size? I went to go and watch the video with my tailor and we guessed his size. Two native dollars. I, I dropped it. Whether I even buy fried fish serve, I can't remember. But I know I didn't go empty handed. During one of those break time, we were from every part of the world and we have our dining table sets like this, like this, like this, like this. In the hall, in a very big hall. And Rehoboke came into the hall. Guess where he chose to go and sit down? He chose, I didn't know that it was strategy. There was one empty seat by my side. I just saw Rehoboke coming to sit down there. My head. Rehoboke? Sitting down by my side. Hey guys, what are you guys talking about? Oh, I began to talk. I was, oh, you know, we are talking about the principle of faith. And it was late. If you check my Facebook profile, I've never deleted it from that. You see him looking at my mouth that way. He was just looking at If I knew, I would have let him do the talking and mainly do the listening. But I was just too happy. I was just too happy. I was just too happy. When it was time, he prayed. He laid hands on me like that and prayed. Looking back, it's still one of the greatest days of my life. But do you know something? It started with putting God first. I don't have money, but I have a car and I can go there and be of help. Listen to me. Put your formula aside from today. Change your formula. You cannot continue to struggle like this. Change your formula. From this August, put God first. Every morning when you wake up, put God first. Last thing at night, put God first. Any decision, put God first. When that decision is not in agreement with the word of God, say to yourself, I will do the one that please God. I would rather lose this money. And let's see how God will transform you. I see that happening in your life. Hallelujah. Final principle for today, which I will just touch briefly, is honor the Lord with your substance. Honoring the Lord with your source. The second principle of kingdom prosperity is honoring God with your source. I'm not going to go deep into it, but I will just say this. I will just say this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9. What does it say? So honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruit of all thy increase. So shall the barns be filled with plenty. And the presses shall burst forth with new wine. Thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. Honoring God with your substance is one of the greatest things you can do. You see, when you choose not to honor God, you are following a principle. Behind every action, there is a law, a principle behind it. When you choose not to honor God, you are following a particular principle. When you choose to honor God, you are also following a particular principle. It is the principle that you follow that will deliver for you. If, if in mathematics, the formula you follow will determine the outcome of you, the answer. If with God, the formula, the principle you follow with God will determine the results you will get. Now, there are different ways to honor God. But let me say this. The moment money becomes your God, money will fight God in your life. How do you know when money becomes a God in your life? Because that money will always fight anything God. The money will be happy when you spend it on whatsoever is not of God. Buy house, buy car, buy this. You will feel happy and fulfilled. 
For that same money, when you try to put it under God, you will see how you will begin to feel, how you will begin to get angry. It's because that money is trying to be your God. You know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the Syrian god of money. It's the system, the economic system that the Syrian worshiper goes to. It's a system, it's a way of life. So he said, you cannot have this way of life. And you say you have God's way of life. You either choose one. So when you serve money, you will be all out. Nobody can touch your 50 cobo. Oh! You will fight. Haven't you seen people when they scratch their car? My God. My God. You know some people fight over sky, car accident before. If you're in Lagos, you'll have seen it. One day somebody went to go and bring spanner. Somebody just touched the bomb out. Went to go and bring spanner. I, I wanted to kill somebody else. One day I touched somebody's car. I didn't do anything. The man came down and was blabbing. He said, I will break your side mirror now. And I said, I turn it. Please break it. And he was shocked. And you know that the man broke my side mirror. He, he was eating the side mirror. Bah, 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 bah. And when he feel, I know that this guy is a frustrated guy. He's a frustrated guy. If I don't, this one can kill. But I said, it's better he break the bed than to break my head. So break it. And he, I just touched his cow. Not, no scratch was there. He broke it. <sighs> he said, carry me, they go. <laughs> you, do you know why? Because such people, they are serving money. They serve money. That's what the devil wants for your life. He wants you to serve money. That's why come when you, when you buy a lot of property, you are happy. But when you give 1,000 naira, it's like you are doing God a favor. It's because the devil is making you serve money. Which are the areas with which you honor God with yourself? And number one, you may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. Your tithe and your offering. Your tithe and your offering. You see, tithe and offering is an expression of trust in God. When you don't tithe, when you don't give offering, you are only saying, you know, I am my man. I don't need God. I don't need God. I, I make it happen by my strength. And God will look at you and say, you have forgotten that it is the Lord thy God that giveth thee power to get wealth. Anyone who does not tithe is only saying one thing. I get my wealth by my strength. I am not getting it by God. But when you tithe, you are only saying, I am honoring God. Honor means to reverence, to respect. Honor means to bow in humility. That's what you do when you tithe. If you eat your tithe, heaven will not come down. But it shows that you are a man who don't honor God. What is offering? You see, offering is not the building. Listen to me. You don't give your offering because you came to church. Most of us give our offering to the building and not to God. So the day you are not in church, you don't give. No, that's wrong. It's a mentality. So you, you are giving to the building because you are in the building, not because you are committed to God. You see, when you begin to give because you are committed to God, even when you are not in that service, you are still sending your offering ahead. Even when you are not there, you are still giving your offering. You see, sometimes you even give it weeks. I give my offering weeks ahead. And if I'm not in the service, I still give my offering. Because it's not the service. It's my commitment to God and his work in that local church. Because that is the church that is promoting the kingdom of God. So I give to God to express my love for him. Offering is a demonstration of how much you love him. Tithing is a demonstration of how faithful you are. 
two different things. Tithe express your faithfulness. Offering express your love. We'll dip more into it. The last one, kingdom promotion given. Kingdom promotion given. The Bible says in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, Genesis chapter 8, it says, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest time, cold and eat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Kingdom promotional seed at times their special season in any church you are. That they, in that local assembly, there will be a need. There will be a program. There will be an event. Then you then hear the pastor of the place say that, oh, we want somebody to support with this amount. We want to buy a new generator. We want to buy this. We want to buy that. We, or this program is coming like GWIC is coming right now. And I told the people in first service, I said, next Sunday is Kingdom Promotional Seed Sunday when we are raising special seeds for that event. It's a season. You see, promotional season, just like any, any uh, organization does, you realize that when they say that 7-Up uh, is running promotion, you realize that it's for a short season. That season, actually, is that for every purchase you make, you get a special reward. Now, in human terms, not everybody gets it. But in God's terms, everybody that does it faithfully gets it. It does not leave everybody out. I remember somebody gave a testimony um, in two weeks ago in my office. The woman came to me and said, Pastor, I bought my property. So tell me, how did it happen? Say, for years now, I've been gathering money to buy property, but it gets scattered. I divide it. Say, but I think it was GWIC or we are buying camera or we are paying for church building. One of those. And I said, everybody that gives this offering, I want to believe God for a special building. And she said, she went to her business. She went to the same money she has been saving. She brought out money there. And she brought it to God. She said, Lord, I've been struggling to buy property. Now, for this particular seed I'm giving, I am tying it for this property. I want to be a landlady myself. And she gave the money. I don't know about it. I don't need to know about it. It's a matter between and God. It's a seed time season. It's a special time for you to sow and put that seed on the ground. And do you know what happened? She came back. I said, now, Pastor, it's less than a year. I've been able to put money together. I've bought the land and I've put blocks on it. And I said, wow, the God of wonders showed up in your life. Amen, somebody. One of our brothers, when I was talking with him some days ago, also said, Pastor, do you know one thing? I want to share a testimony with you. When he heard of GWIC that is coming, he said 2019 was the first GWIC we did. So then the pastor came here and said, I want everybody to give 10,000 mera seed. So I was there. 10,000 was a big amount to me. But as I watched people come out, all my salary, all my income, there was, no, 10,000 was a lot. But I said to myself, I will sow the seed. So he said, he just, right there in that service, he transferred that 10,000 mera that was in his account, which was a lot of money. He said, Pastor, as this convention is coming, I just remembered now. And those of you who God did something for in that 2019 GWIC, please give us more of your testimony, right? We want to hear it. Okay. So the brother said, do you know one thing? It will be an embarrassment for me to now give 10,000 naira. He said, Pastor, do you know one thing? What 10,000 naira was for me in 2019 is what 100,000 naira is to me today. So this coming convention, I don't see myself giving less than 100,000 naira. I said, wow. How God can change. Oh yeah, you can clap for Jesus. Listen, a farmer that is wise knows that 
every seed, you know, I, I helped somebody, somebody uh, one of my friends to start a cassava farm this time. And when we were going to start a farm, they told us that there is a particular season we need to plant that cassava so that it can benefit from the rainy season. If we miss that window, it becomes ah. That is the why that's why Bible says that seed time and harvest time. Never miss that season. Never miss that season. Never miss that season. Finally, I will share a testimony with you. You know, when we came to this area, we had a church there, number 15, Adam Akadawu Street. The church was just in the same compound. We, I, I had just built my house. My house is at Magburu. But every time I get to church very late. So I told my wife and I said, we cannot be coming from Magburu to church every Sunday anymore. We need to start living around. We had no money to rent a building. So we began, we, we, the church rented a three-bedroom flat. Then we now built the church in front of that. We were using the three-bedroom flat for the children's church. Then the main auditorium, if you have that picture, LMJ, the picture of the old church, please, you can put it on the screen. I will appreciate it. Okay? So we then, we then put it there. So the window of the church and my window, are, that's what I call face now and face you. In fact, one day somebody stole the phone in my, in my room. One of, because when you are going to the restroom also, the restroom is by the side of another window. So the person was able to quickly take something. It, it was that bad. So we don't even open our window because if I open my window during service, you will see the room. But that's all we could have and have at that season. It was a season of a, a major challenge. It was, a, it was a season when I said somebody was coming to arrest me in church because I bought a freezer that I could not pay. And they were coming to use police to arrest me on a Sunday morning. It was that bad. But you know, I was in a program like this, my wife and I. Then, it was the season that came. They said, we want everyone to give a tearful seed. I said, wow. We were saving for the rent. I think at that time, the rent was about 250000 or so. And we've saved for almost one year, we were able to save about 200000 In that account, I told my wife that we are going to empty our alabaster jar. We went to, it was, we went to the bank that day. All right? And we withdrew all our rents. And you know what that means? Somebody that could not even pay 150,000 naira for freezer. And as we gave that money, we came back to Lagos. My wife and I embarked on a fast. This is one of the mistakes most of you make when you give. You just drop the seed. You don't follow up with your seed. You see the building? This is the building I was talking about. Okay, okay the other thing. This is the building. All right? That's the church. That's the church building we were coming from. Okay, very, very fantastic building. Now, we said this seed, rent. So we embarked on 21 days marathon fast. No food. And we were praying. This 200,000, this is what we are, Lord, change our level. You see, whenever you are giving a kingdom promotional seed, let me tell you one of the secrets. Don't just give, tie something to it. You tie a specific thing to it so that that is the harvest you are expecting. So if you don't tie anything to it, you will not know what to expect. So we, we tied change of accommodation to it and we were fasting that God will fulfill his word. On the 19th day of that fast, I told my wife, I said, God, let's go and look for our accommodation. Where do you want to live? And I said, my wife said, I want to live in an estate. So which are the estates that are there? Sunshine Estate, one at Alagba, the Maplewood Estate. The most expensive one of all of them was Maplewood Estate. I said, let's enter Maplewood Estate. We entered into Maplewood Estate. This guy said, what, we, what are you coming to look for? I said, we hear that there are vacant houses here. So he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took us round. 
We saw the pastor. It was the first house I would see that was ensued with water eater, with water eater, with a chandelier and everything. I never I oh, waiting. Bariga house. I said Bariga house. Three story building of toilets. This toilet that you have taken, that's the toilet kind of I used to know. Even this one here. But you know what? I said to the landlord when I met him, I said, how much is it? He told me the amount. I said, we are coming back. Give me one week, we'll come back we'll pay. Because I know that by that one week, our fasting will have finished. We went back with our father. That seed, this is the house we wanted to give us. And you know one thing? I went out that day. That same day, I had, that money was a lot. I won't tell you. I had, because you want me to tell you, I will not tell you. So I have that all that money by the ne- before the next Tuesday was completed. By the time we paid that rent, the next thing was the furniture. Because the only furniture we had were the plastic chairs in the church. And I said, God, will you give a house without giving us the chair? You are not like that. And we went out again. Before you know it, the chair came. The dining set came. You know, when we were moving, oh my good God. It was like moving from Egypt to Canaan you know, I moved there that first day. My, you know, one of our one of our sister who changed accommodation recently said the daughter said, "Mommy, we are abroad now. We are not in La- we are we are abroad. We are not in Lagos." I said, "What I'm saying, you know, what? Because the house was too fine, and the boy grew up in a house where rain used to drop from the roof. Now looking at it, they say this is abroad. They don't know we are still in Lagos. No, it's abroad. That was how we felt. But beloved, do you know that day we entered that place." That was when the level changed forever. We've never, from there we've now moved to our own house now, which is even bigger than what we ever rented first. Why? Because God is still a level changer. Amen. In this season, God is changing your level. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Oh, have you been blessed this morning? Oh, has somebody been blessed this morning? Do you think you should talk to God about your life? Drop the mental prosperity formula. Go for the spirit formula. Now lift your voice and just talk to God. Say, Lord, I thank you for your word. Oh, I thank you because I'm going to prosper. I thank you because I'm going to seek you. Now I know what to do as a child of God. Now I know the way to go. Lord, just lift your voice and talk. To, blessed are the years that I've heard this sermon today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you because your word is yea and amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. We give you all the glory, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. It is time for you to prosper by having a relationship with God. Now it's time for you to prosper in your spirit by making God number one in your life. So today, maybe you are watching online or at the viewing center, but you are saying, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to put God first in my life. I want to make God the Alpha and the Omega. I want to do my life the way God wants it to be done. So today, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and ever laden, and I will give you rest. So I want you to be born again. I want to give Jesus a place in your life. So I want to pray for those who want to give their life to Jesus. Wherever you are, online, at the viewing center, wherever you are this morning, if you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to prosper in my spirit. Just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, place your right hand on your chest. Place your right hand on God bless you. I see those hands. It is the greatest decision you can make. It's the first step to prosperity. It is the first step to prosperity. Committing your life to Jesus is the first step to true prosperity. Now say this word after me. 
Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I acknowledge with my heart that I am a sinner in need of your salvation. Today, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I open the door of my heart to you. And I ask that, dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I will love you. I will serve you. I will seek you first all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul today. From this very day, I will seek God first. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those ones who have prayed the prayer of salvation. Those who have come to you with their heaven ladies and their labor. Lord, let them receive your rest today in Jesus' name. Make all things new in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for your children that you take over their labor and grace their life with your favor. Even as they entrust their life into your hands, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Every difficult situation, as you seek him first, I see you coming out of it. In Jesus' precious name, I have prayed. Shout the louder, amen. Now, before we go, if you prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart, you meant it when you prayed that prayer. I saw some, some of you placing your hand on your chest. I want to quickly pray for you right now. Just come here very quickly. If you place your hand on your chest and pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, just come and meet me now. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Come, go, just come, come. Everywhere, just come quickly. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. God bless you. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, you gave your life to Jesus today, or you rededicated your life to Jesus, just come. He's taking over your labor. He's making all things new. Jesus is making all things new. God bless you. I'm waiting. There is still somebody I, I saw you. You place your hand on your chest. You pray. You gave your life to Jesus. You rededicated your life to Jesus. Oh, you are not sure. Just come. You have nothing to lose. Just come very quickly. Come very quickly. Today is your day. God bless you. Today is your day. God bless you. Father, even those who are online now, you can go to in front now. The ministers there will minister to you. But if you are in your house, just send us a message at info at Info at We want to hear from you. Father, I thank you for all these ones who have made this decision to entrust their life into your hand, O oh God. I pray for them, O oh God, that today will open a new chapter in their life forever. Now they have stepped forward. They will never step backward to the world. You have stepped forward into the kingdom of God. You will never step backward into the kingdom of hell anymore. Lord, thank you for your precious blood that has washed them and have cleansed them. I thank you because something great has happened in their life. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Shout a louder, amen. amen. Beloved, before you go to your seat, you see this sister there? This sister there, she will take you outside now. She will say some one or two things to you. Then hear what she has to say to you, then you'll come back. It's very important you follow her because it will help you know the next level. Church, can you clap for them as they follow that sister? Sister, please wave for them. Yes. Follow them, please. Sister, keep waving. Let them know that you are, they are following you. God bless you. Everybody, can you lift up your hands? I want to pray for you. Father, I commit your children into your hand. Now, Lord, I pray for this once. That kingdom prosperity will begin to characterize your life. I pray that your walk with God will take a new dimension from today. Every
every other thing you have been chasing from January, but you have not been able to catch up with. Now you have abundance of it, even as you follow God in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your blessing overflow in the life of this ones. Let your grace multiply in their lives. As they go forth into this week, go forth and prosper. Whatever has taken your quiet time away, whatever has taken your prayer life away, whatever has affected your commitment to God and his kingdom, today you are rising above it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, my Father. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.rtc.ng. May God bless you.